A missionary is somebody that has a mission. Without a clear mission in life, oh, we could spend so much time doing so many other things because there are a lot of fun things. But God has given us a mission. And I pray that all of us, as we embrace this mission and learn and study God's Word so that we could be used by God to share. You are listening to CCF Runthrough, timeless truths for today's life in just 30 minutes. If you want to hear more or know more about our ministry, please visit ccf.org.ph. Enjoy listening. The main theme, the main point of today's message that I want all of us to, to embrace, it's this, your workplace, so it could be your school, it could be your home, it could be the office, it could be online, it could be wherever God has placed you. Your workplace is your mission field. Be God's missionary. Friends, I'm, I'm so excited to, to talk about this topic because CCF, right, Christ Commission Fellowship, our main verse is found in Matthew chapter 28. And you guys know this verse, but I want to read it for you once again. It says this, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, I praise God for many of you. I know many of you share the gospel whenever you have the opportunity to. Maybe some of you don't know how to share the gospel, but I pray that as we go through this message, um, we would all not just be gospel sharers, but Jesus tells us that we are to make disciples. And as I looked at this verse again, it says, look, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded. I realize if we have the mindset that our workplace is our mission field, it's not just about sharing the gospel. That's just the beginning. We have to look at our workplace and say, Lord, you have put me here. I am your missionary. How can I make disciples? How can I help people know about you, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? How can I help people to understand what is written in your scripture? You know, until you and I become intentional in embracing that, we will miss out on that opportunity, that calling that God has for us. So this is the Great Commission. And as we look at our workplace being our mission field, I want you and I to understand the heart of God the Father, the heart behind this. Why did Jesus, of all the things that he could have told us, why did he tell us to go and make disciples? Why did he tell us that? Well, let me give you a glimpse again to the heart of the Father. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord is not slow about his promise. Some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Can you read this with me? Not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Do you understand the heart of God? He doesn't want anyone to perish. That's his heart. He's not a, a God that's keeping score up there and, and wanting people to, to fail, wanting people to, to fall and destroy themselves. His heart is broken when people turn away from him because his desire, his heart is that none would perish. None would perish. If you look at Matthew chapter 9, 
This is Jesus. God said, do you want to know what I'm like? Look at Jesus because Jesus is God. He's the son of God. But look at Jesus. So Jesus was walking around, going to the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, what did Jesus feel? When he saw all the people, he felt what? Compassion for them, because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. You see, God loves you. He loves me. He wishes that none would perish. He has compassion. You were dead in your trespass and sins. You know why God wants us to share the gospel? Do you know why God gives us the Great Commission? Because he knows our need. What is our need? We are dead. How many of you have attended a wake either online or physically in this last year? Somebody you knew died. I would say almost all of us would have attended a wake either online or physically in this last year or in the last two years. I did a wake service recently, and I'll tell you something. It doesn't matter how loud you speak in a wake service. It doesn't matter anything you do. The corpse in the coffin is not going to respond because they're dead. The Bible doesn't say that we are a little dead. The Bible says we are dead, spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. We are dead in our sins. So much so, this is how we used to live. We used to live according, which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. That's Satan. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature, what? Can you read this with me? Children of wrath. Because we are dead because of sin, therefore, we are children of wrath. God knows our need. That if he doesn't intervene, if we don't repent and turn to him, we'll be destroyed. And he says here, but God being rich in his mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in your transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And you know the rest of the verse. If you can summarize the Bible in one verse, it's, it's this verse. That's why I love this verse. Can you read this with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I want you to understand very clearly today. God wants you to understand that he absolutely loves you. He loves this world. He desires that none would perish. So much so that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ. That whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is the heart of the Father. He loves you. He loves me. He loves people. And therefore, we need to see our work as our mission field. Because Jesus is the one who gave us that great commission. Can I tell you what happens to a person who believes in Jesus? It says, if anyone, again, it's for everyone. Jesus died for everyone. Right? Not everyone will believe in Jesus, but he died for all of us. 
Anyone who is in Christ, he is what? A new creature. Old things pass away, behold, new things have come. We are now back into our main passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you have given your life to Christ, something happened to you. You're transformed. Does that mean you're going to live happily ever after? Of course not. Right? Of course not in this life. But future, future, when it comes to eternity, yes, you will live happily ever after in heaven. But in this life, just because you've come to Christ, we still live in a broken world. We still live in a sinful world. And there's still going to be trials and tribulations. But you have a new nature. The, new, the old has gone. The new has come. And look at this. As we, as we wrap up on the first part of the heart of the Father. It says, all these things are from who? From God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. I underlined this from God because I want you to know something again about the heart of God. All of this, when I say all of this, all of these things, the forgiveness of our sins, the promise of eternal life, the change from a, a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, all of this is made possible because of God. It's from God. He took the initiative. You know, when you talk about reconciliation, that means there is alienation, right? You need reconciliation because you are separate from someone. If you read this verse, what is the reason why we have alienation from God? What is the reason? Why are we separated from God? Who, who caused the issue? I did. You did. It's because of our sin. It separates us from God. Who took the initiative to reconcile? God did. It is from God. The one who was the aggrieved party, he is the one, himself. It says, he, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. God chose to forgive us. It's not like he's putting our sins under the rug, pretending it's not there. As we go through the passage, you will see what God did so that he could forgive us. But the point is, God has forgiven us in Christ. That's his heart. And that's why I spent a lot of time on this first point. Because for me, it makes all the difference. Who is giving us that great commission? Who is telling us that the workplace is your mission field? And it is none other than God. And this is his heart. To reconcile the world to himself. And he has given us, right? He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He could have choose an eagle. Imagine a talking eagle that would never die, that would go around telling people, repent, follow Jesus. That would be pretty powerful. Or the stars in the heaven, if they would just align at night, every night, they would paint a message for, for the whole world to see that God loves them and that they should make Jesus as Lord and Savior. That would be fantastic. But God has given us the unique privilege 
to be his ambassador, to be his missionary. That's why Jesus told the disciples and tells all of us, go and make disciples. Not just share the gospel, but help people understand who God is, what he has done in their life. That is our unique privilege. We are ministers of reconciliation. So, what's the main point today? Your workplace is your mission field. Be God's missionary. I now shift to the heart of a missionary, right? If we are missionaries, and we are, we are God's missionaries, what should our heart be? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I go further back, right? Verse 14 now, it says, the love of Christ controls us. Having concluded that this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. What is the heart of a missionary? The love of Christ, what? Controls. That word controls can also be used as compels us. It is the motivating factor of our life. It motivated by love. And, and what, what kind of love is this? Who is the one that died for all? Who? Jesus. Can you say it with me? Jesus. He is the one who died for all. If Jesus died for all, who is all who died? Who? It's us. It's us. What? We're to die? Look at the next verse. And he died, that's Jesus, he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves. Do you know that you and I are naturally selfish? We are egocentric, selfish people. The Bible says because Jesus died for all, we also need to die. We need to die to ourselves. Die to yourself. See that with me. Die to yourself. And, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. We are to live for Jesus. So from self-centered, Jesus said, I died for you. I want you to die to yourself. I want you to live for me. Self-centered to Christ-centered. Egocentric to Christocentric. Christ-centered. And so the heart of a missionary understands that, God, you died for me. And so I'm going to live my life for you. I asked my father-in-law, Nelson Reed, that's Jenny's father. I asked him this question. I said, Dad, what and who encouraged you to become a missionary? And this is what he said. He said, here's my answer to that question. To the what? When the Lord forgave me from all my sins and saved my soul on March 6, 1971, that very night I told him I would serve him with my whole being. In 1980 of May, that was after my, my father-in-law had gone to Bible school because he wanted to know God more. He went to Bible school. He joined Action International. And this is a picture of him when he came to the Philippines in 1982. Uh, Jenny must have been five years old when, when he came to the country. But Nelson, like all of you who have a relationship with Christ, 
understand what God has done for you. It's motivated by love. It's not like they're forced. They're forced to come here. He's still serving the Lord where God has called him 42 years later. I want you to remember when you first gave your life to Christ. The first time you understood everything that we just talked about. The first part of this message, the heart of God. I'm sure you had a similar response. Lord, I'm going to live my life for you. It's motivated by love. But you know what? Our love isn't strong enough. We don't have it. Our love wanes. It gets, we get tired. So the, the heart of the missionary is, is also dependent on the Holy Spirit. Look at this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses where? Both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. So when you see your workplace as your mission field and you embrace your role of being God's missionary, I want you to remember it is never because of your own love for God. Only. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that enables you. And because you rely on the Holy Spirit, you will also be prayerful. The heart of a missionary is somebody that prays for people in their mission field, right? You don't go into the mission field without covering the mission field with prayer. You don't go into your workplace as God's missionary and not pray for your office mates or your schoolmates or your household or wherever God has placed you. Look at the Apostle Paul. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through the, his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. What is the Apostle Paul praying for? That the church in Ephesus would know what is the the breadth, the length, the height, the depth of the love of God. When you go to your work, before you go to work, pray for the people in their workplace. I, I've talked to many different people about this topic, and I ask them, how do you live this out in your life? You know, there's a dental practice that um, has devotions prayer meeting before they start the day every day. They're a smaller practice and they're able to do that. I know of contractors that pray, have devotions once a week. That's their way of praying for people. I know of a mother who is a full-time, you know, homemaker. So what did she do? She organized prayer meeting for the school, for the, for the other mothers. As I think of workplace and our workplace being the mission field, let me admit to you, I have many shortcomings when it comes to being in the workplace. But one of the things that God has done during this pandemic is to remind me the importance of prayer. I have not been praying regularly for the marketplace, the place where God has placed me. So we started this during the pandemic, just a prayer gathering for whoever wanted to come. And we'd pray for the people in the, in the company. 
It's amazing what God does when you start praying. Um, he opened doors. Uh, two weeks ago, we had um, Paul Devera, and he spoke in our Zoom um, session in, in the office. And God used him mightily to impact the lives of the people. And all that comes from these ideas that come from prayer. So let's be prayerful. Let's pray for the people where God has placed us. How about this? Let your light shine before men in such a way that you, they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The heart of a missionary has love in action. Good works. What is good works? Good works are things that you do because of love. I have a good friend, um, and a lot of my friends in high school, they grew up as missionaries. And so I asked them, going from being missionary in the sense of, you know, coming into the Philippines and le leaving the homeland, now being in the marketplace, they're all in the marketplace. I said, how have you tried to live out this calling that God has called us to be missionaries into the marketplace? I have a friend in New York, and he said, I spent a lot of time helping people to really know that I love them. Because a lot of people in New York, they look at Christians and they know Christians to be bawal this, bawal that, judgmental. And he says, I spent a lot of time trying to help people understand that I, as a Christian, and they know he's a Christian because when they ask him his background, he says he grew up in the Philippines as a missionary kid, that he wants to be known for love. How can you be known for love? What are you good at? Are you good at baking cookies? Are you good at hosting? So don't, don't try to complicate the good work. Just whatever that God has given you an ability to do and you enjoy doing it, open up your home. There's a missionary couple and they were telling, telling me that when they were active in the campus, what the campus students told them was the greatest impact that you had in our life was when you had us over to your house. I believe a lot of God's work happens when you open up your home, when you open up your time, when you open up your resources to people. You show them what Christ is like. Your workplace is your mission field. Be God's missionary, right? And it's not complicated. You just love people. What else do we see here? How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent, just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. You know, we looked at how we need to be prayerful. We need to care. There comes a time that you and I, we really need to share. You, you, you can't just, it's great that you are the only Bible that your, your company may ever read, right? You know that. that I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to live my life in such a way so that people will see Christ in me. At a certain point, they're going to ask you a question. And you have to be ready to answer. I have a disciple, and he spends time with uh, his clients. They go, they go out of town, and one of his clients said, how come you've never preached to me? 
How come you've never told me about Jesus? And he said, are you ready to hear about Jesus now? He said, yes, I am. And this disciple went on and shared about who Christ is, and that person was ready to receive Christ. You and I need to be ready to talk about Jesus. And I tell you, when you and I embrace the calling that God has on your life to be his missionary, it gives you a different set of, a different sense of purpose and meaning and direction in life. Do you agree? When you know that God has called you to be his missionary and you embrace it, I don't know about you, but I want to be ready. I want to know what's in this book. I want to know, I want to be able to explain to them, no matter where they are, who Jesus is. And so it makes me study the Bible, right? Because without that mission, right, a missionary is somebody that has a mission. Without a clear mission in life, oh, we could spend so much time doing so many other things because there are a lot of fun things. There's an infinite number of series to watch. There's an infinite places in this country to visit, and all that stuff is fun. But God has given us a mission. And I pray that all of us, as we embrace this mission, would love and learn and study God's word so that we could be used by God to share. Sometimes we think of, okay, I'm the employer so I can share with my people. You know what? That's great. And I, and I know a lot of companies that do that. They, they have opportunities for people to have a, a church service and, and the office. But I'm speaking to all of us. You may be a, a household helper. You may be a driver. Like in this case, this man is an executive. He was the head of HR for a five-star hotel. He had come to know Christ and was excited at CCF. He came to know Christ at CCF and he was excited. He said, I wanna, I wanna be discipled. And so he signed up and this man became his discipler. Now this man is a driver. He's a driver, but he loves the Lord. He knows the Bible. God used this man to disciple this man. And a lot of what this man learned was from the driver. It doesn't matter who you are. You take serious the great commission that God's given you. Remember, dependent on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what enables you. Yes, a lot of work. You have to put time. Do you know who this man is? This guy over here? It's Pastor Net. Pastor Net is now the director of the National Church Planting Arm of CCF. Last week, he just, they just opened a church in CCF Bacolod. It's 600 people attended that first worship service. Let's praise God. I hope you're getting the picture that God has called all of us to be his missionaries in our workplace. There are going to be challenges. The Apostle Paul, at the end of his life, he said, you be sober, meaning be alert in all things, endure hardships, do the work of evangelists, fulfill your ministry. 
for I am being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. The heart of a missionary is faithful to the end. God has called us to be faithful. And how can you do your part in not falling? You know, a common denominator for people who don't finish well is because they stop spending time with God. So I don't know where you're at. Maybe it's your first time to be back at a worship service. Maybe it's your first time to be watching online again. And you haven't, you haven't taken your walk with the Lord seriously. There is no way that you as a human being can live without eating food. Do you agree? Maybe one week you can survive, but you're going to get weaker and weaker and eventually you're going to die physically. So what makes us think that spiritually we can continue without being connected to God's word, without being connected to each other, without having a relationship that's healthy with the Lord. So keep walking. It is the Lord that will help you to finish well. Be like the Apostle Paul who fought the good fight. Be like the many Christian men and women who have finished well. Let's not get disillusioned by those who don't finish well. Because there will be people who don't finish well, but there are many, many more who also do finish well. So keep our eyes on Christ. The last trait of, that I'm going to talk about today about um, God's missionary is they are future-looking. Look at the Apostle Paul. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So future-looking. Many times we are too short-sighted. We just look at the here and now. But if we look to eternity, the Apostle Paul says there is a crown of righteousness. I know many of you have been following what's happening in our world, right? Ukraine, Afghanistan. Um, it's heartbreaking. There are times that, you know, I just, I say, God, I don't even know how to pray for these people. But one thing that God uses to encourage me is a promise that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, that even in our death, he is there with us. And for those who have a relationship with Christ, as you look at the future, as what is to come, we have so much to look forward to. And I pray for our Christian brothers in Ukraine and Afghanistan, and we should continue to pray for them, that God would strengthen them, that God would encourage them, that God would embolden them, and that God would use them to also encourage us. What's our message today? Your workplace is what? Your mission field. Be God's missionary. I don't know where you are at today. Maybe there's something that has caused alienation between you and God, a separation, and you need to deal with that. You need to humble yourself. You need to get that out of your life. You need to repent and turn to God. But like the Apostle Paul, I am just God's instrument here today, begging you, making an appeal, be reconciled to God. You know why? Look at the last verse. He made him who knew no sin. Who's that? Jesus. 
He knew no sin. God made him, his own son, who knew no sin, to what? To be sin. That is such a strong word. You know when Jesus died on the cross? Do you remember when he died on the cross? You know how the weather changed? It became dark, right? You know that. It was dark. That's very meaningful of what happened. In Galatians, it says Jesus, he took the curse that we're supposed to carry by dying on the cross. He took our curse. He who knew no sin to be sin on who? On our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. One of the reasons why you and I should be God's missionaries is because of what Christ has done for you and me. And if you forget everything in this message, remember that God loves you so much that he gave himself. It was God in Christ reconciling us to himself. And so be reconciled. Turn to God. It is the best decision you can ever make. Be used by God wherever you are to be his missionary. To be used by God to reconcile your marketplace, your workplace, back to God. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, those who don't know you yet but are about to surrender their life to you today because they finally understand everything that you've done for us, how much you love us, Lord, how you took our place on the cross. It should have been me. It should have been us. But because you love us, you took our place. And Lord, we are eternally grateful. And if you're that person and you want to receive Jesus into your life today, I want you to pray with me. Lord, I admit that I have sinned against you. I admit that I have lived my life my way. But I finally understand how much you love me. And I finally understand that you died on the cross to pay for my sin. So this time in my life, I open the door of my heart. I humble myself. I repent of my sin. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life that I may be reconciled back to you. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of all my sins. Thank you for your promise of eternal life. Thank you for changing me. You said that I am a new creature. The old things have gone, the new things have come. Lord, I now ask you to help me to become the person you called me to be. Lord, for the rest of us, we rejoice in those people that have turned to you. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us this great commission to be your missionary in our workplace, wherever we may be, whether in school, whether at home, whether at the office or online, wherever you have called us, Lord, we now understand that this is our mission field. I thank you for the many, many missionaries that have lived faithful lives, Lord, for, for the many followers of Christ that have been faithful because of your power and your grace throughout their life. And we pray the same for us, Lord, that we would be faithful to you to the very end. Help us to be motivated by love, Lord. Help us to be prayerful. Help us, Lord, to have love in action, to care for the people around us in the way that you made us. Help us, Lord, to, be, to, to have boldness of speech, 
to know the Bible so we could share it, Lord. And Lord, I pray, help us to be faithful and forward-looking to the very end because we know ultimately you are such a good God. You reward your people. So thank you, Jesus, for everyone that stand up, that stood up. We commit ourselves to you. Use us to the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.